0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang, and you're listening to the TL podcast, where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. Hi boys, how are you doing? Yeah, awesome. Wow, Cheers. the first one of the year 2021. We're what back. What's, what's going on with this we're year? We're back. So, we so, what do we have? Do we have COVID 2020 or is it still 19 we're dealing with? Oh man, because Dude. now we have mutant, we have change, we have everything.
1: It has, it's grown, it's changed, it's got their own names. It's the British strain and the South African strain, everything, man.
2: Everything strain. The African strain's AIDS, isn't it? <laughs>
1: <That's it. laughs> uh-huh. well, we we're, off and, yeah, we're off and running Yeah, we're off and running welcome to reckless.
0: 2021 <laughs> <laughs> all right so That's let's funny. have a look so so which one are we having we'll just start with mine yeah all right okay let's go all let's go right.
2: well, i went for the label and then i went for the year because the label's cool i like the label there mate
1: that is actually nice. It's nuts. got the dice.
2: It's called The Luck of the Devils from Margaret River. It's made by Devil's Lair. Devil's Lair was actually the first ever red I had. Their fifth leg ever in my life was a Devil's Lair. And then secondly, the year. So 2016, there were some deer bottles around it, but they were all 2020s.
1: That fifth leg, you're saying the fifth leg, that's the name of the red?
2: Yeah, the Devil's Lair red. They've got a fifth leg white and a fifth leg red. And yeah, a, okay. it's a mix of, it's like a, um, it's got just about every red you could have. Yeah, it. It's yeah. a blend. Yeah the first red I asked yeah, a bloke once. I am so taking yeah, a chick for dinner. What do I, what red? <laughs> what's a good red to buy?" And he put me onto that, and it was yeah, okay. good value. So, not the wife I'm married to. <laughs> it didn't work it's out. Can't have Didn't work out in the end. But this is a Chardonnay. I've got sick of drinking reds on here. We haven't had a white for a long time. So, 2016. The good thing about a new year is all our wines got a bit older. Yeah, Now yeah. 2016 yeah. is <laughs> five years old. It should be just starting to. So last
0: we've come up with some new rules, right? So one of us each week is allowed to go up to, Whatever they want. Whatever they want, yeah. I was going to say, I hope when, there's no and, <laughs> and the other two, we just had to spend less than 50. 50. 50. I guarantee you I've spent less than 50. <laughs> well, I <laughs> can guarantee you mine's mine too. You, you'll see it.
2: It's only Look, this will be interesting because Chris has bought quite a good, nice white by the looks of it. And yeah. This, this cost 25 bucks, so we'll see. Yeah, the disparity the between the of
1: so them, yeah, So we'll
0: see. But uh, this is the key too. Is so, so this week, Chris was the one that went unlimited budget. Yeah. But if our wine beats his, yeah. even though ours less <laughs> than 50, which is unlikely. And it wasn't in the garage. Can I just fucking say clarify that? It wasn't <laughs> that was, in the garage. That was last right? year's jokes. You've seen
1: the them all year anyway, so nah, I kind of no, figured mate. you'd take it on to this year as well. This year so. I'm going to
2: pick on your haircut. Look at it. You didn't even have one. You, yeah, you know, the oh, garage has yeah. become part of the house now.
0: The garage. So let's try Open yours. Man, man. Let's try, wine, try right? yours. Seriously.
2: Mate, 2016 Chardonnay for 25 bucks. it's not a bad... It's pretty good. So, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. How is everyone? Happy New Year? Oh, yeah. man. I come in today, it's you like, were rubbing uh, your big scone, mate. What's it's, going it's on? Run,
0: running, mate. Work, work, work. There's so much to prepare. So much already happening, you know? Oh, awesome. I think we well, last year, um, at this time of the year, everyone thought it was uh, just normal year again. Things start to slow down right after that, mm. you know, out right after February. Everything went into lockdown and Second shut week down of March. And, and then... I remember people having a heart attack and brain attack, <laughs> anxiety attack, <laughs> panic attack, everything attack, right? I just opened Burara, mate. <laughs> I <got a> <laughs> and everything. Can pick it, mate. <laughs> we sw-
2: what they, what are, yeah, we signed a lease on the first office and a hailstorm smashed it to pieces. And then the second office we got virus. So anyway, this year nothing can break us. We're good. That's it. you good. We're good. Touch wood. Touch. Cheers, wood. boys. Cheers, boys. Cheers. It's got a nice
0: color. It
1: yeah, has. Is- it's mm. yeah, mm. nice, buttery,
2: smooth.
0: So anyway, uh, also uh, out of this year, we're doing things a bit differently. So the uh, you having to come up with that beautiful bottle, you have decided to pick Chris Gartner Right. For us to talk about for half an hour. Right. And so, what do we know about Chris Gartner?
1: Well. Chris Gardner, for those of you th- who don't know, is the real-life guy from The Pursuit of Happiness that was played by Will Smith. Yeah. And, um, you know, looking into it, I picked him because he's on our walls and the life qualities we have, we, I've got the teams to pick people that they thought right. you know, had, showed attributes of certain qualities that we have in the 15 life qualities. Right. And he was on goals. So when I looked into him a little bit further and uh, there's a few things that are different from the movie to his real life. Yeah. But, mate, what a guy. When... Uh, You hear him speak, and he's just an ordinary guy. And there's one thing that always resonates with me that he always said: he's going to be world class at something. Something in his life, he was going to be absolutely world class. He was going to do that to the best of his ability. And he forced himself into stockbroking after a chance um, meeting with a bloke driving a Ferrari. And just said, "And that's part of the movie." And that was a real life question he put to the guy: "Yeah, because what do you do for work?" He goes, "I'm "I'm a stockbroker." And that guy actually helped him. And put him in touch with a lot of other people where he started going for interviews and yeah, so forth. Yeah.
0: So did you know that he got himself a Ferrari after that? Oh. He actually bought
1: Michael Jordan's one. Yeah, yeah. And oh. his number plate was not MJ. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
2: just cross that off my list of things to uh, talk no, about. No,
0: so 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 why why the pursuit of happiness?
2: I haven't seen the movie, so but based on yeah. the research I did,
1: it'd have to be to do with his life. He had abusive childhood, he had Uh, split parents, he had... So, didn't know his dad. Stepdad was abusive to him and his mum. His mum got put in prison by his stepdad complained to the cops that she was doing welfare fraud, which she wasn't. Then she went to prison for burning down the house that he was in trying to kill him. So And the kids didn't know that she had gone to prison. They got put in foster care. They only found out she had gone to prison when she showed up for her brother's death. And the brother that came out, she had three brothers, and one of those brothers showed a little bit of... um, nurturing to Chris Gardner and that was only for a year cuz he then drowned in the Mississippi River. So as a six five or six year old Chris Gardner tells a story that he goes I won't be an absent parent. I will not that I can I can't believe a 5 year old would have the mentality to do this but he sat there and goes I will not be an absent parent. My mission in life is to be there absolutely for my children. And uh, as you look through the movie and read about his life and that's what he's did and people asked him when he was for a short period of about 12 months, homeless, why didn't you just give the child to your mum to look after? It's because that's my child. That's my responsibility. And he goes, I wanted to be there. I wanted to be that, um, that person for my child. So he didn't have a great upbringing. He worked hard and he was smart at what he did. He was a, an assistant to a surgeon for a while and he wrote some uh, medical papers with Yeah, I know, as an
0: assistant, absolutely. Yeah,
1: and, and so he was quite a smart guy. But that income that he had couldn't sustain himself and his wife and the new baby on the way. So that's when he decided to get into...
0: No, 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 no. He left before he had the baby. So this is this is the question. He talks so much about sticking to a goal. And, 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 and you can hear him talk so much about why is Oprah Winfrey worth what she is because she's got no plan B or yeah. she has his plan A. And yet he's a guy who has gone to a level where... He's been uh, embraced into university. He's, he's now running a lab. He's now having a future into medicine. And when he heard about the fact that it's going to take him 10 years and with the change in regulation that he was not going to amount to anything, he now goes sideways. So he goes for a different plan, right? And, and that's when he quit that position. And when he quit that position, his first wife wasn't very happy with him. Because she yep. had actually a plan of, of, of him being a doctor, yeah. And I think that the child was not even with her. No, he actually, the next one. He actually had an affair one. and left his wife and had the child with the, the uh, yeah someone that he met his, afterwards.
2: Didn't divorce his wife until 1986. His first wife. Yeah, yeah. nine years he after he they separated. The, or something. He already had the kid with the other one. Yeah. And then because of. What he was pursuing, they didn't have any money, like you said. So then the second wife took off with the kid, and left him posted. And one of the things that struck me was I had no idea, I had no idea who he was, I had mm. no idea about the pursuit of happiness or yeah. anything. So, and you've already mentioned he, with his upbringing, it would have been very easy, like a lot of people, to fall into the same trap, who use that as an excuse. I was abused, so I'm going to abuse. Absolutely. Uh, my dad was a drunk, so I'm going to be a drunk, etc. He's done the opposite, and after four months. His second wife comes back with the kid and dumps it on him and rather than do what... To the best of my knowledge, black America has a huge problem with absentee fathers it's from yep. from everything I know. He's, he's done the opposite. He took full custody of the kid even though he was homeless or was going to be. And then later on, she came back to him. They had another kid and took off again. Not only was he the full-time parent of one, but now two children while he
1: was chasing what he was doing. But So he was already a stockbroker when he met... <laughs> And he'd already been established for about a couple of years when they hooked back up. And yeah. the difference a lot of people don't realise, I think, is when the child was given back to him, so what had happened was he was going for this job to be a stockbroker, and he had one lined up, so he left his medical equipment sales job. Yeah, that's great. Right. And um, he just walked in and, and quit the job. And the next day he went showed up for his uh, new stockbroking job, and he got there, and unbeknownst to him, the guy that gave him the job... Had been fired the week before. So he shows up. The company knew he didn't even know who he was, had no preparation for him, didn't have a position now for him. So he's now unemployed. So at that time, he did everything he could to get another job. And at that time, he's still with his wife. He finally got the job. But on that interview is when he got arrested for parking tickets
0: for not paying the parking, for ticket, not paying yeah. the
1: parking tickets.
2: So he went When to she took off with the kid, and there was a wrestle. That's, so the, that's right. The cops got called because of the wrestle they had. Then checked his car. And then checked his car. Right. And it was $1,200 worth of parking fines unpaid.
1: So he's come back. He finally got out of prison. The scene in the movie where Will Smith shows up with paint and just pants on. He goes, that really did happen. He goes, the difference was I just come straight from prison. He goes, and I had no clothes. Because I show up to my apartment and the apartment's empty. So, just funnily enough, he stood there. And he goes, well, "What story can I tell?" I couldn't think of anything to tell him, so I told him the truth. And it happened that the stockbroker he was speaking to was on his fourth wife, so <laughs> he totally understood he, this guy's predicament. So he goes, "Look, well, that's fine." And the line he said, "What would you say to someone who come for an interview dressed like you, with you know a t shirt and um, some pants on?" So, well, they must be some bloody good pants, right? <laughs> so, um. So he then had to go and get a, a share home. Mm-hmm. And that four-month period, like you just said, is when the ex-wife kept his son and wouldn't mm-hmm. give him his son. But his son at that time was only a toddler. Mm-hmm. was like 16, 17 months old. As you said, the wife finally come back four months later, gave him the son back, and where he was saying, wouldn't let him stay there because you're not allowed to stay with a baby. So then he was homeless. And that time, he had a two-year-old living in all different parts in stations, in, in shelters, park benches when it allowed them, the weather allowed them and yeah. so forth. And he would not be an absent father. And one of the great things I, re- I learnt through a bit more study with him, when they interviewed the son, the son actually said, he goes, somebody asked him, he goes, do you remember that? Do you remember my, you know, not being there? He goes, no. He goes, I remember two things. I remember my father always being there, every time I needed him, number one. And number two, we always had to be somewhere. We were always moving. We were always on the go. He goes, they're the two things I remember rare our childhood.
2: So he worked for free. He got into Stockbroker. He got a traineeship and worked for free until he had to pass his exam. So he, Six months. Six
0: months. Six months for free. I mean, you you tell me who today would do that. 200 calls
2: a day. There was a, there was a few things that rang true to what we try yep. and achieve. Coming in early to work, doing 200 calls a day. But this bloke's doing it for free just because he had that goal, yeah? And then later on in 87, he started his own company with $10,000 and a table that was also his dining table. And um, I don't know how many millions, but 2006 sold it for millions of dollars. So I can see why he picked him. It's a it's a pretty inspirational story. But there's there's so many of
1: those out there too that we probably don't realize. There are there are it's the rags to riches stuff. But a few things with this guy with his story was like unbelievable. And some of the small stories. One of them which blew me away was it's nine to five. That's his job. Nine to five. Make as many phone calls as you can. Yes, I'd be on a client call at five o'clock closing a deal. I had to leave at 5 o'clock to catch the bus to get to the daycare in time to pick up my son to get to the shelter so we can get a room because they close at a certain time. So he goes, I had a a very strict regime, but I had a choice. Stay on the phone and close a deal and not get the shelter or leave the deal and get the shelter. So he goes, so many, many nights we were looking for places to sleep and that's why we sometimes slept on the floor and bathrooms in subways. And yep. I thought, man, that's that's determination and drive, and still to have the character to be there for your son, yeah. But not be only um, reliant on yourself, but have that young toddler reliant on you as well, because at you know at two, four, whatever the age, they're one hundred percent dependent. Yeah.
0: From, from what I know, the um, title, "The Pursuit of Happiness," is that he believes that first of all, it, it was misspelled with "why," because there was the name that he saw on the sign one day as he walked his child to the childcare. And the reason it was Pursuit of Happiness is that he was thinking around those times about Thomas Jefferson when he wrote the the, uh, the Declaration of Independence. And he said that every human being has got the right to three things. One is life, the other one is liberty, and the third one was the Pursuit of Happiness. There you go. And so he was really thinking that is that it, For him, something that you pursue Could be something you may never attain But that you have to dedicate your life To getting something like this One of the things that I really like uh, Having to study him a little bit is He had some real good mentors Role models in his life One was his uncle who died uh, w- Within a year of, of, yeah. of being around him And he, he said that that Changed tremendously, but also his mother was pretty strong, and I think that gives you a very good base. And as a parent, that's your job—you give your child a very good base. But then the other thing is the pursuit of happiness. You you run through a lot of challenges, and I think at some stage, as a human being, you either say that's it, it's enough. I now have to get it, and I'll do whatever it takes until I get that. Mm-hmm. You know, or you're comfortable, and you say, well, you know, um, I may not be the guy that uh, I was dreaming to become, but I've now got a good job, I've now got this, and, you know, and, and everyone in the family is fine, so let's not disturb this, and mm-hmm. let's move on. And I think that he is a hero in that respect that if you have a dream, a plan A, don't plan for a plan B. Yeah. And, and, and don't even go for that. And to me... How many people do that? Because he he was not twenty when uh, he was homeless, you know, and he was I think in his mid thirties already.
1: No, I, when he was homeless, I think it was uh, mid to late twenties. How
2: many people though in life ignore the guy in the suit driving the Ferrari though? Because of where they already are in life, yeah. So
1: thinking it's not, he's doing
2: that. Oh well, I can't do that. I can't possibly change careers. I've got a wife and two kids. I can't possibly even know it always wanted to do that I won't do that he was set up to be a doctor yep so part of it when I when I read the bit about it, he saw that there was probably 10 years of study in front of him and that the medical industry was about to be reformed and he decided to quit then I'd, without knowing the context around that I sort of went oh well that that's not overly inspirational but then to have the to have all that there, if he wanted it, I can go and be a doctor if I want. But no, there's something that something about that Ferrari and the guy in the suit got his juices flowing, and to be to have the courage to follow it, I mean that's an amazing thing because we see it every day.
1: He I, I, was he was very driven by the dollar. He said he knew he wanted to be rich, and that was one of the the mindsets he has. He tells a story of when he was selling the medical equipment, there was this guy making $80,000 a year, and he was making, I think he said thirty-five or whatever, 40000 a year, this guy's making $80,000 a year, and he thought that was fantastic, and when he met that guy in the Ferrari, that guy in the Ferrari was making $80,000 a month, and he goes, so I need to be doing what you do. So he's very driven by the dollar, but by the same token, that determination, I think he did it with a lot of character, good judgment, and a strong will to actually make make something of himself. A lot of people would have seen those obstacles and gone, no, they're, they're too much.
0: Yeah. So at the age of 27, you're homeless, you, you have to become someone, you have to survive and give your child something. Really, what, what would be something like that to inspire salespeople these days? What, what could really salespeople look up to him for?
1: Unwavering belief in himself. I, I think the guy had, he had, as you said, he had no plan B. He was going to make that work. He set his mind to a a task and he went for it. And he just put everything into it and didn't expect anything for free. Didn't have a a sense of entitlement. He just went to work and grinded. I mean, you work for six months for free when you don't have any money. I mean, what is this? We talk about paying the price.
2: Paying the price, right. That's what you can get out of it. Mm. If you really want something, really in capital words, not wish for something. Yeah. If you really want
0: something, then you've got to pay a price. Yeah. And I think that this is where this generation or today, we have to do that. We don't have to go in a job because, you know, this is what you should be paid. The the, the, yeah, oh, right. Yeah. Or, uh, well, I shouldn't be working past this time because mm. it's, it's not in my house. We need to stop that crap. Yeah. You know, we, we're going to have to go way beyond that and stop thinking that these people who write the law, uh, writing with the fact that they want you to be the best you can be,
1: mm.
0: they're writing the law so that the average can survive. So That's that what I believe.
2: Up, that you don't end up homeless. That's the laws are written to stop people being homeless. Hopefully, they're not written to help people buy that Ferrari.
1: Yeah, you know when I was studying him, he had I, I come across a thing with his ten his ten principles his ten success principles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Uh, one of them, every, everyone has a dream or a goal. You need to have um, a plan. He calls it the 5C. It needs to be clear, concise, compelling, consistent. And you need to be committed. And then he comes back to say, don't have a plan B. Plan B sucks, right? A family always comes first. He's number two. Number three, decide to be world-classed. So if you're going to do something, be the best you can be. This one, I, th- I thought, I never heard this before. He goes, focus on your self-worth. Don't focus on your net worth. And I thought, that's very deep. Our five was... What, keep- what,
0: what, what do you see in that, though?
1: Because a lot of people judge themselves about... You know what the holidays I've got, the car I've got and so forth, and what people see, um, the glitz and the glamour and so forth. Instead of spending money on themselves to improve themselves, whether it be physically or mentally or whatever it may be, they're looking at the superficial, shallow items in life, which unfortunately society has led us to do. And we're judging ourselves off other people's lives. I mean, we're looking at people's highlight reels on social media and we're ignoring what's on the cutting room floor. So you're saying, forget everyone else, focus on yourself. Focus on your self-worth and not your net worth. I think it was fantastic. You guys, keep your team motivated, trust them, let them grow, respect them, and show them opportunities. I thought that was fantastic. Change is necessary, and this one was good. Change is scary, however, change is necessary for growth. Either you pick the time or the time will pick you. Baby steps count too, as long as you're moving forward, and his mum used to give him a line, the cavalry's not coming to save you. So it's up to you, just keep moving forward, just keep moving forward. Follow your passion, do whatever it takes, and start where you are. And that last one, start where you are, he tells a story that he was coming home one day on the train. And the train is unusually full. He left work a little bit early, and it's two o'clock in the afternoon. And it happened to be full of people who had just been let go from Citibank. Citibank had closed down, like 20,000 people had been fired. And one guy comes up to him, recognizes, and says, You're Chris Gardner. He goes in, he goes, oh, I just lost my job, and so forth. And, then, and he says to him, He goes, Skills, talent, and expertise are transferable. Creating a, an opportunity and looking for a job are two different things, and I thought a lot of people in this time, coming through what we've gone through last year, yeah. and we all heard stories of pilots out there on call centers and driving buses, you know, travel agents, you know, looking for jobs in real estate, you know, and so forth. Now it's good time for them, to, you know, potentially look at that opportunity and rather just fill a job, to go and look for that opportunity. I think there's a lot of good stuff out of that. The study we've done on this guy.
0: I probably don't know uh, whether my philosophy is looking for opportunities. I think my, uh, my philosophy is more be ready, get ready. If you have imagined your life to be a plan A, get ready for plan A. It will come. You just have to trust it will come. Not everyone is destined to be successful at 20 or at 10 or play tennis like a champion at the age of 18. I, I look at the Jim Rohn of the world, uh, you know, the, the, the people like the Socrates of the world who actually only became famous after their death, yeah. even though they had a few <laughs> students. We all have a song. We have to be preparing ourselves forever yeah. for that song because it's, we're not here to live the same life as everybody else. You know, my father was writing an, an, an email to me just yesterday, and he wrote in the email Learn to enjoy life and he says, you know, um, try to be happy with your family, your children, and what he was trying to say is don't let work consume you and uh, be too serious in life because that has always inspired me about the fact that he's never really taken life that seriously. He's enjoyed fully, you know, and I can't. So I wrote back to him and I said, that really inspired me, the, the, your life and the way you live it. But I also say I have to say that in my own ways, I actually am enjoying the freedom. The little things that I do to to savor a little bit of the day, even though I've got duties to chase first. But that gives me fulfillment. And so in the end, we, we pursue the same kind of liberty, the same kind of happiness. But the way in the way we're pursuing it, it may be totally different. That was about a man who gave himself to almost every impulse. If he had an impulse to do some things, that's what he wants. And where me, I had to learn to fight a lot of those impulse. There's many things I'd love to do, but many things I also know that is not in my growth. Yeah. And so you have to work on those impulse. And I think that that is one of the things I like about Chris Gardner, is that he has gone through all of this crap. He could have gone and have a great income there. He left that company after five years, wasn't it? And then founded his own. He could have stayed there and probably achieved a lot a lot of other things. I mean, people wouldn't even know that after he sold his company, he went to South Africa, met with Mandela, yeah. trying to start something for South Africa. Yeah. And so he's a guy that the moment he was ready, there was no more breaks. He was to live his entire song. And I, I I'm so, so... Inspired by the fact that all of us have got a song. But very few of us are willing to work until we find that song and then have the courage to sing the song. Mm.
1: Yeah,
0: Because what we want is, we want to live by society standards. If you're in your mid-20s, you should have a, a good start to life. When you're in your 30s, you should have a good wife and good children. In, when you're in your 40s, you should live in a nice home. And, and, and it keeps on going like this, but these are the trap of society.
2: Written by somebody else who didn't know what you they know. Do.
0: Who's to now, say that you're not blossoming at fifty-five? Point.
2: You still got time, mate. <laughs> <laughs> when are you fifty-five? right f- <laughs> big big five-zero this year, so <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's coming up this year. Big five-zero, so yeah, you don't play you know, blossoming, mate. Oh so yeah, you yeah, blossoming. Yeah. You know what I discovered? There's a side effect of COVID makes your wardrobe shrink. <laughs> 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 that's what I've discovered. Uh, Fucking clothes, I don't know what it is They'll name a dryer after it They've I used changed. to blame the dryer but. <laughs> The COVID dryer
2: <laughs> I go to my wife and go You put this shirt in the dryer She just shakes her head gently She doesn't want to crush me no, too no. much like, <laughs> yeah. No, you just drove through uh, McDonald's The water
0: is hotter than usual. usually <laughs>
1: Why can't I tie my shoes up?
0: <laughs> so good choice of Chris Now, So you have explained why you picked Chris Yeah. And now may I ask you what is it that you saw increase about you? Yeah, good question. Um, I think family.
1: One of his things, family first. Which he won the award. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, family first. And for, for me, it's important that, yeah, we sp- we put time aside for our kids. And it's no secret my highest value is family. Yeah. That's, that's Some people use that, though, as an
2: excuse not to chase yes, plan A, right? It's true. So there's a guy proving that you can still be family first and go on. Buy the Ferrari. I keep saying buy the Ferrari because that's what he did. Yeah. Right, so a lot of people go, oh, you know, I'm all about my family, so I've got to go home. I won't make that extra call or close that deal because I've got to be at home with the family. Well, yep. you can do both. You know you can do both. So if you're really about family, you'd be closing that deal, wouldn't you? Because that deal is doing what for your family? Yeah, you're yeah. providing, yeah. It, so, it,
1: it, the way he explains it, he goes, if there's a choice, he goes, if there's a choice of closing a deal or the choice of, sitting at my daughter's dance recital yeah the dance recital wins that's the way he put it i'm not saying don't put in your workload obviously
0: um, no but he didn't do that at the beginning chris when he was a homeless mate the
2: dance recital came last you you said yourself he chose not having a bed for the night yeah, yeah.
0: with his child but that, that was and out of necessity because yeah. it's
1: either either do that or starve. So that was so, out of necessity. Yeah, so,
0: so is it okay then to say out of necessity I, I killed someone? Well, no, that's going—that's that going a bit of extreme. Uh, I understand the saying. extreme.
2: Well, what but about you? Got a big electricity bill, mate? You've been struggling to pay it, but your daughter's got a dance recital.
1: Yeah, but we're getting it out of context here no, because we're not. yes, because no, we're not. Human, the six human needs, the six human needs for him at that time. Was security security right? Yeah. So he needed to create security for his family. So when
2: he says, "If you choose between closing the deal or the dance recital," it should say, "Depending on your circumstances."
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, should it not? Yeah. Well, absolutely. That probably fits in there. Absolutely. Because you can't.
0: Well, you can. You can, you've, you've got that choice to make. You can't make a law that is so rigid that you can't. You, know, you've got to be you have to read the circumstance. Yeah. He well, was probably thinking that night, even if. I got kicked out of this place because we were running late for the, that, that homeless uh, shelter. I might be able to sell myself through this. And then some nights he didn't. He couldn't sell himself you into play it.
2: for a bloody good hotel by closing that deal, yeah? That's, yeah, so we've got to be careful. People have got to be careful not to use that as an excuse. You've got to pay the price. It's part of paying the price. Part of being able to have a couple of days off a week to spend with your family is that you've paid the price going first. You yep. can't be saying... I want to be this, this, this and this. I want the Ferrari, but I also need to have 15 hours a week with my kids. If, if you're starting from scratch. If, Absolutely. If, if and, that's, and that's what I was going to say.
1: Depending on the point you are at your life. And his thing, family first come after he had achieved what he needed yeah. to achieve for himself. So what so do you say to
2: then the 20-year-olds and the, even the teens now? I'm getting some teenagers coming through interviews. And what I always say to them is pay the price now.
1: It, it, but that's exactly right pay that's a little bit different now. now for them they have to grind that's what he it. called it he called it a grind they don't believe
2: you you go listen i'm telling you got three kids i'm married pay the price now while you've got none of it Yep. so when it does come you can enjoy it and then
0: you, you don't have to make that sacrifice but do you think that maybe because of parents like us we haven't taught our kids to pay the price you know i i, I, I still yeah. re- i still remember getting a balloon to uh, and uh, the soccer f- uh, ball, and, and that was my Christmas present. These days, you don't give them a, an iPhone. Make they look at you weird. Mm. It's like, hold on, is this Christmas, or am I the only one looking at this as Christmas? You know. Yeah. And so are we maybe the one at fault where we are trying to give our children the things we didn't get, and in doing so, removing them from an experience that yeah. they should have while they're around yeah. us?
2: But th- and that's one thing, I'd, again, going back to Chris Gardner, that I did pick up on. He, he had all the excuses in the world to be a rat bag and he didn't. Yep. So, yes, as parents we should do a better job of not breeding a generation of, en- of entitled kids, but at the same time if you're one of those entitled kids sitting there saying, oh, it's my parents' fault, well, no, it's not because you've got to do it despite them, not because of them, yeah?
0: I mean, during the, uh, during the vacations, uh, Christmas here, I spoke to uh, a young boy, uh, what is it, eight or nine, or seven? Nine. And he, um, it was very early in the morning, and he had been saving for an iPad, and he was missing $138. And I knew some of the angers or issues that he had or some of the devils that he really had to fight in him. So what was I going to do? and he said 138 dollars i mean really who cares or using it as an opportunity for him to have a lesson and so people could sit down and say thomas you know why is it that you're looking at it as a transaction why couldn't it be a gift why is it that you made a business deal with him for him to have 138 bucks versus 138 days where he was not allowed to answer back to his mom or his dad and for me, it was way more than that. What I was about to give him was not 138; it was about a lesson for life, because he conquers that. He can conquer anything, and I think that for that kid to go through what he's doing now—not only saving for—I mean—for a young child at the age of eight and then nine now to do all of these things, to to get 899 dollars for the iPad—it's a big deal. Absolutely. But now. Taking 138 days where he had to fight his his devil, the inner demon, and to make sure that I keep a tap on this. I I call him every time then just to go, all right, how how many times have you almost lost? It's a fantastic talk because he's telling me, like, you know, I think twice he almost lost it. And he had to control himself. But now he's thinking, Thomas is really serious about this stuff. And I think... In many, many ways, we could be creating a Chris Gardner's lessons for people around us. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why it's a good choice to have Chris. The good thing is that you didn't pick him because it was the same first name. Again, no, no, that's no, what I We think. all know Chris is a good,
1: you yeah, know, it's, it's the same. Knows
0: that. Fantastic, good boys. Well that's done. great talk. How's the one? Yeah, good. Um, not my pick, man. Nah. I don't ride it. Not my pick. Um, he goes, yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's rubbish. <laughs> it's either, do you know, it's it's the same thing that we do in real estate. Do you know when you go to a caravan and you know that your house is overpriced? <laughs> and so, and so when, when your colleague is asking uh, about his house, you go, oh, no, no, mate, it's it's, it's not badly priced because you want him to it's say lucky. the same yeah, about... Uh, yours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I know he's, he's only trying to... Talk up his wand. Talk up, yeah, or... Secure your vault. Mate, I know of, but yeah. Uh,
2: well. I, I don't know what's happened to you over the break, mate. You brought in a good wine and you just said something nice about mine. Who are you and what have you done with Christian
1: Olin? I ate him. It's obvious.
0: <laughs> good job, boys. All right. Peace. Talk to you soon.